welcome to Film Juice. I'm Mike, and today we're not going to be talking about a film. Today we're going to start our discussion of Disney's Marvel's Moon Knight. A supernatural series whose antagonist suffers from dissociative identity disorder. Which is actually pretty serious. And it's not schizophrenia, it's, it's not supernatural, so just so you know. Uh, Moon Knight is a character I'm familiar with, but I haven't really been a huge fan of, because in the comics he's kind of a supernatural Batman, and it never struck me that as that interesting until, you know, until a, a couple of recent, well, one specific run that I read one issue of. Um, so, uh, I, I did read one of Warren Ellis's issues from, I think, a few years ago, and then I read a reboot from the 80s, uh, but I, that's basically it, that's all I know about the character, the reboot gave me a good origin story, but uh, I'm coming at this from more of a Disney plus Marvel fan, and I'm basically really sloppy in the Moon Knight area when it comes to the comic book, the comic book knowledge. Uh, so Oscar Isaacs plays Stephen Grant, um, he's just this stereotypically hapless everyman who's always late to work, he gets crappy shifts, he's treated badly, you know, he's, he's socially awkward, um, to the extent that his social life involves talking with his goldfish and leaving messages to his mum's phone, a person who never answers the phone. Um, so, the episode opens with this very very introduction um we also learn that he has a he's made a date that he seemingly doesn't remember making at all um there's a point in this opening part where the show basically stops in its tracks to turn and tell the audience exactly what's up with everything that you saw in the trailer which was him strapping himself to the bed him um trying to uh, uh dictate to the door to see when he wakes up, if he got up or not, uh, and then the, the stand around the bed. Uh, the show stops to tell you that Stephen basically finds it sadly amusing that he has to force himself to take these to take these steps and to try to also keep himself awake at night for as long as possible because he's afraid of what he's done or what he would do when he does finally fall asleep. The exactly, well, I think the almost exact quote is, uh, "It's like my body wants to get up and wander about." and I don't even know about it until I wake up wherever. So this has already happened to him, um, possibly just in more innocuous ways than later on. Um, so um, oh, also he speaks this, he speaks about his condition to one of those English golden statue guys that hang around fountains. I think this is a case of Stephen only trusting those who can't speak back to him because perhaps subconsciously he's already hearing the voice of another personality. Um, it's kind of a pattern. He's, he, he talks to his fish, talks to mum, talks to English Golden Statue Man, people he can trust that he doesn't have to hear anything back from. Um, so uh, we're finally treated to one of his blackout episodes. It's got this great action scene. Um, starts off with Mark somewhere in the Alps. He ends up in a town where he is well, we're all introduced to Ethan Hawke's villain, Arthur Harrow, who's looking for a golden scarab that Stephen has apparently stolen. 
Um, so we learn that Harrow somehow has the ability to use this nifty tattoo of a weight balance to determine if someone will do evil or good in their future. So his goal is to basically eradicate the possibility of evil and um, if need it be murdering whoever it is that he judges. Um, he's got this cult that worships the goddess Amit who does this exactly. She judges a priori. So um, he runs into Harrow. Stephen tries to give up the, the scarab, but uh, something is keeping him from letting go of it. Um, this leads to another blackout where Stephen glitches for a second. We don't see what happens, but he glitches back into Stephen. We see this uh, scene of violence has occurred. Um, and he, he takes off, he gets into a cupcake van, and uh, there's a really great um, car chase where he glitches some more. And we don't see the aftermath, we don't see all of the action. There's pieces there that are left to the imagination. And um, it's a very creative way of, uh, of showing, of being in Steven's shoes and not knowing exactly what's happening. Um, so he, he wakes up from this. He checks his locks, he checks the safe, he checks the, you know, everything, all of his precautions, and uh, apparently everything's fine. So he goes out, uh, well, first of all, he learns that uh, his goldfish has grown back its fin. At the beginning of the episode, we see that his goldfish has only one fin and one little, it's like a little Nemo goldfish. Um, and uh, when he wakes up from his blackout, he discovers that his goldfish has two fins. So he goes back to the pet store and causes a bit of a scene and says this goldfish has two fins and why bother him? He had one. Of course, you know, he's just treated as a weirdo and then he remembers he has that date that he didn't remember making before. Um, now this is when he learns at the restaurant that, uh, three days have passed and he missed the date, um, which makes a lot of sense if you consider how many goldfish he may have killed in that time just by not being in the country to feed them. Uh, so, uh, he, this is the height, I think, Oscar Isaac's performance, um, I'm sorry, Oscar, I think I, I'm mispronouncing his name. Oscar Isaac's performance, I think this is the best part of his performance in this episode. The camera holds on him for a good, like, 30 seconds while he processes what a living hell his life has become, how out of control he is, how he's nearly in, he's nearly in tears and almost fearing for, you know, himself, for what's happening to him, um, and how he's almost coming to terms, trying to come to terms with the fact that his, his dream may have been real. So, Mark leaves his uh, non-date and uh, back to his apartment. He's finally confronted by Mark in a mirror. Mark Spector, the mercenary who stole the scarab. Um, and then he, you know, he flees his apartment and then he's chased by the Egyptian god Khonshu through his apartment building, who is given a very nifty look, very reminiscent of, uh, I think, what I've seen from the recent comics. I'm not going to pretend I've read them, but I've seen I've seen some panels, and uh, yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, and F. Murray Abraham is uh, the menacing voice uh, as this uh, this uh, giant uh, bird skeleton guy. Um, 
So Stephen returns to work, and he finds Harrow waiting for him at the museum. Harrow demands a scarab, and uses his Scales of Balance tattoo gimmick on Stephen, only to find that the scales don't balance either way with Stephen, and that Stephen has chaos in him. That night, uh, a jackal creature attacks Stephen in the museum, like a nine-foot jackal. Um, and Stephen is, uh, he locks himself in a, I guess a bathroom? It looks like a room of just a bunch of sinks and mirrors that he appears to install. Um, so, uh, this leads him to face Mark again in the mirror, and Mark says, come on, I can save us. So, we get our first glimpse of Moon Knight. Stephen gives over to Mark. Mark becomes Moon Knight, with those nifty wraps and the hood and everything, and in comes the jackal. Off screen, we hear him beat the shit out of the jackal. And, um, later, he, uh, just kind of casually delivers the killing blow, and that's the end of the episode. Um, something I wanted to address was the title of the episode, which is The Goldfish Problem. And I've seen, like, some, I haven't read too many, um, interpretations of the title or watched any. Um, but I was, uh... You know, I, I, I thought it was obvious that, yeah, of course, the goldfish problem is the goldfish problem in the show, which is the 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 the, the awakening for Stephen, where he realizes, you know, something's wrong here. You know, I'm missing days here. Um, so, um, what I read as the goldfish problem is, you know, the literal goldfish problem, which is how goldfish grow proportionately to their surroundings. I actually think I saw something recently about, like, a four-pound goldfish found in a lake. So, it's kind of a metaphor for Stephen, kind of a meek, small man, being thrust into a larger situation, where things are simple as that. Um, and so he's gonna grow, his powers are gonna grow, and his, um, I think just from this episode, we can assume his, his ability to willingly shift between personalities his that ability is going to grow um which leads me to my next bit of uh speculation the uh this mum who he's calling so if he's calling his mother she's never answering the phone but she's constantly sending postcards which we see him posting at the beginning of the episode um this leads me to believe you know because at first it's like, okay, it's his mom, you know, who cares? But they never answer. So I'm thinking this is the third personality. We've seen Mark, we've seen Steven, this is number three. Um, I can't, sorry, I can't remember the name of the third personality from the comics, but uh, I believe this is what's going on here. I think he's calling himself, um, and I think he's sending postcards to himself. Uh, I think this could be hilarious and uh, another another reason for his exhaustion possibly just constant jet lag um, so there's some interesting mysteries laid out here in the first episode that I hope are um, are addressed later on uh, so far it seems pretty fun uh, I'm hoping to get Johnny on here for the second episode so that we can get caught up and we'll have one out one of these out for you every week we'll do our damn best to do it um, until next time, I'm Mike, and we have been Film Juice. See ya.